0: Greetings in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is once again my pleasure and privilege to share the word of God with you. Uh, We were seeing in the subject of uh, dealing with fear, right? It's a very well-known passage. Come with me to Numbers chapter 13. I mean, God promised Abraham... And made a covenant with him that I'm going to give you a good land, right? And a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to bless you with such a good land. And uh, so now they have been delivered out of Egypt and they've come. And they're in the border of the promised land. And the Lord tells Moses, In chapter 13, verse 1, And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. Already God has decided. God did not ask them to spy out the land so that they can collect information and then come and then God make a decision based on the information that they have collected or whether we can take the land or not. It was an invitation from God to say see go and see the land that I want I'm giving you right it's as simple as that but I think Moses did something really wrong verse 17 then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like that itself is gone you know To see what the land is like. Why does it even matter? Whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak. Few or many. Whether the land they dwell in is is good or bad. My goodness. Whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or stronghold. Whether the land is rich or poor. Whether there are forests or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied out the land. This is just not right. This is knowledge of good and evil. This is the land of reason and information which leads to death. See, we cannot outplay what God has declared. God has plainly declared, do not eat from the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat from that tree, you shall surely die. Why Why even Moses wants this information? Whether the people who are dwelling there is strong or weak, whether they are few or many. Okay, what if, they are, oh, you know, is God going to go? Like, my goodness, they are strong. Uh, they have fortified uh, cities. They have strongholds. My goodness, how am I going to bring my word to pass? Is God is in such a fix? today people are taking unnecessary tests wanting to see whether it is good or bad whether things are right or wrong <laughs> and and we think that's going to help us see we keep saying right oh we are trusting God we are trusting God we are trusting God no we are not trusting God The report, the lab report, test report, doctor's certificate, that is what giving us peace or disturbing our peace. We keep saying we're trusting God. No. Trusting God is to trust in his word and rest in his word. That's it. We trust in a broken system and then blame God no that's not how it's that's not how faith works we trust God we trust his word we cannot be spying out and finding out information and say oh So the land is like this. This is the report. These are all the problems. Oh, then look what the conclusion that they came to. Uh, They came out and said, verse 27. Then they told him and said, We went to went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruits. Nevertheless, the people Who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. You know, Moses asked for it and he got it. Then, verse 30 Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Caleb is not giving information. Caleb is moving by revelation. Caleb is simply declaring what God says. He is agreeing with what God says. That's it. Let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. Because Moses asked whether they are strong or weak. Why does it even matter Moses? And they gave the children of Israel a bad report let me ask you something okay they 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 came and said oh they are strong they have strongholds fortified cities did they lie did they lie no what did they give they give facts they give info but look what what the bible calls it as The facts and info that is from the knowledge of good and evil. What is it calling? They gave a evil report. When you trust in facts, when you trust in information that is coming out of knowledge of good and evil, the Bible calls it as evil report. They gave children children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying the land through which we have gone as spies in a land that divorce its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature there we saw giants the descendants of Anak came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight so we were in their sight so now what has taken over I told you right Fear starts as an emotion, then it escalates into a spirit of fear. A cloud of oppression. So it has gone up there. It's no longer facts and it just it, it, it is not here. Now the spirit of fear have, you know, spirit of Fear. coupled with these things, have taken over. Now, now they are into the realm of... Oh... wild imagination. Now they are saying, Oh, we were like... grasshoppers. And... Uh, not only... we were like grasshoppers in our own side, we were like grasshoppers in their side too. These were spies. They were hiding and they were just looking. They did not go and interact. They did not go and stand in front of the giants and ask them, how are you guys are looking at us? How do they even know that how they were looking in their sight? Look, they are in wild imagination right now. That's what this is what fear does, right? You start looking at the information, you start looking at facts and info, you start looking at all crap in YouTube and news and this and that. Oh, this is going wrong. That is going wrong. Oh, oh, if if you're having this symptom, then that means that. Oh, if you're having this, oh, then you need to take this test and you see what are, you know. Mm, 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 mm. Okay. Yeah. Then spirit of fear latches on and it goes on into all sorts of imagination exaggeration of fears then what happens? so all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried and people wept that night so you would lose your sleep many of you are losing your sleep because of the spirit of fear I'm not here condemning anyone I'm just telling you we cannot go in the opposite direction of what God has designed us and then expect different results we are not designed to live by the knowledge of good and evil simple we are designed to live by the word of God we believe what God says God is a spirit his words are spirit and life we receive his word we believe and we live from that that's our design you're not designed to live from the knowledge of good and evil living from the knowledge of good and evil the world calls it as wisdom but that's not wisdom that's just the spirit of fear fear often masquerades as wisdom right it struts around as wisdom but it's not wisdom it's demonic it's earthly all the children of israel complained against moses and aaron and the whole congregation said to them if only we had died in the land of egypt oh if only we had died in the wilderness why has the lord brought us so now when you're in fear and when you're in anxiety and then it pulls you into depression Then it opens up into murmuring, complaining, all sorts of things. Blaming. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by this sword? That our wives and children should become victims. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly. Unnecessary instruction, right? By Moses. Check whether this is there, there there. Fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation and the children of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, And uh, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and spoke to all the congregation of Israel saying, the land we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel rebel against the Lord, nor fear. See, fearing is rebelling against God. We think that would be the natural response if you are seeing giants. No, that's not the natural response. Why do you call the natural response of Joshua and Caleb as? Last week I said the natural response of David when he heard Goliath. What was the natural response? What do we call as natural? What do we call it natural reveals whom you have been listening to. Your natural response. Your first response to information. Reveals whom you are listening to. What voices you are listening to. They have been meditating on the word. They have been meditating on the promise. If the Lord delights in us. My goodness, we just need to concentrate on that. That the Lord delights in us. It really doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Whether they live in stronghold or live in camps, whether they are giants or weaklings. None of these things matter. Only thing matter is you need to believe that the Lord delights in you. That you are Lord's delight. Nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them. The Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. So it was getting too much, right? It was full of chaos and confusion, rebelling, complaining, murmuring, speaking among the congregation. Stirring up conflict. When you are people of faith in a congregation gripped by fear, when you speak words of faith, it irritates them. It stirs up anger in them. Because, see, anger is an expression of great fear. People who are extremely angry or extremely scared of something. Anger is a secondary emotion. Fear, grief, these are our primary emotions. When you are extremely filled with fear or extremely filled with grief or sorrow, the overflow will be anger. So you don't have an anger issue. You have a fear or a grief issue. That's going on within you. And unless you deal with that, anger keeps coming out and you would be hurting people around you. He tells Moses, hey, just just step aside. I'll finish these fellows off and build you into a great nation. Anyway, I built one man. I selected Abraham and built him into a great nation, right? Like, Like that I'll do with you. I'll finish these guys off. Moses saying, no, 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 God, please have mercy on them. You know, please don't do that. He gives his own reasons why he should not do that. You know, he says, you're long suffering. What will Egypt think? And, uh, you know, they will think that you cannot do it. Uh, Please, please, please have mercy. Okay. And the Lord said to Moses and Adam saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard the complaints. Say to them, As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. Mm, That's a rough one. As I live, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. See, these people kept saying, why did the Lord do this thing to us? Why did the Lord do those things? Why did the Lord do this thing to us? Joshua and Cal- Caleb kept saying, The Lord delights in us, we'll take it. The Lord delights in us, we take it. See the problem with belief system. Why are we why do we keep talking about belief system? What you believe about God is so important. What do you believe about God? Because your belief about God, your belief about God determines your life see God is who he is he is an unchanging God but what you believe about God becomes your God and that God of your imagination will speak to you will judge you and you will be playing with that God that's why the God of our imagination should match Jesus. Right? Because Jesus is the expressed image of God. So, when our image of God is not like Jesus, we are worshipping a wrong God. And that's a very dangerous thing. You know, in Matthew 25, uh, Jesus is talking about the parable of the talents. And, uh, you know, verse 24, 24 says, Then he who received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. See? I knew you to be a hard man. Reaping where you have not sown and ga- gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. I was afraid. And went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. See, he's not arguing. He was not arguing. Okay, you thought, then let's deal like that. That's a problem. How are we judging God? God. How are we judging God? Are we judging God to be faithful in our lives? Are we judging God to be good to us, to be faithful to us? Or are we operating in the spirit of fear? When we operate in the spirit of fear, right? See, what is fear? Fear is... Faith in the opposite direction. Fear, the spirit of fear is nothing but the spirit of faith, but in the opposite direction. Faith is a response to God. Fear is a response to devil. See, Adam was designed to... Live by faith, meaning what is what is I've already said it so many times. Faith, the Greek word is pistis, meaning divine persuasion. Faith is divine persuasion. What are you persuaded of? What are you being persuaded by? Who is persuading you? Who is? constantly speaking to you and convincing your heart to believe certain things from that place of belief you're living so faith is divine persuasion fear is demonic persuasion fear is demonic persuasion see adam was living in the realm of faith right god is good daddy is good daddy takes care of me partook of the knowledge of good and evil What is the first response? Fear. (laughs) Knowledge of good and evil results in... (laughs) Simple. Before he died, the day you shall eat, you shall surely die. Right? Death is the result, ultimate result. But how did it start manifesting in his life? How did death start manifesting in Adam's life? Fear. (laughs) anxiety. I'm telling you, this is serious stuff. It's not a child's play. It's not a, oh, Jesudian has his opinion. (laughs) Go read your Bible. See it for yourself. You cannot mess around with fear and expect different results. don't mess around with fear don't think fear is normal in such a scenario don't think fear is oh yeah everybody is afraid so am i no if you are expecting something else to happen to you that is not hap- you know that is not happening to everyone around you then you can't operate in the same spirit that they are operating if everyone is operating in fear you cannot operate in fear second timothy chapter 1 verse 7 for god has not given us a spirit of fear but of power love sound mind power love and sound mind is the opposite force of fear spirit of fear makes you weak spirit of fear makes you Operate in hate. Spirit of fear doesn't give you a sound mind. It, it gives you a diseased mind. See, look at the word dis- disease, right? What we, what we call disease, disease. It is nothing but dis ease. Dis ease. Ease. Be at ease. Meaning, relax. Be at ease. Relax. Calm. Composed. Quietness. Tranquility. That is the word ease. Dis. Ease. So, unless your mind is diseased, your body cannot be diseased. Fear results in a diseased mind, it is not a sound mind constantly thoughts running that's not a ease mind at ease that's a diseased mind and within a matter of time it results in a diseased body because that diseased mind triggers certain hormones in your body triggers certain things so God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. Come on, declare it with me. You have not given me the spirit of fear. You've given me a spirit of power. Come on, say it out loud. Spirit of power, spirit of love, and a sound mind. So what did Caleb say? if the lord delights in us here what do we find spirit of love what do we find in uh, first first john chapter 4 we read that last week also let's do it again let's do it from verse 16 every word in this passage is so important we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. He who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Look at this. We have known. Knowing him is eternal life. UNESCO. This is experiential knowledge. Experiential knowing. We have known and believed. The love of God has for us. God is love. He who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness. Love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness. So, perfect love gives you boldness. Perfect love, the next says, There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. So what is faith? Faith is the response to the love of the father. Faith is a response to the love of the father. See, ultimately, we all know God can heal. We all know God can heal. God can protect. God can raise the dead. We know because we see it. But what's the problem? We don't believe that he is so good to do it for us. Yeah, he heals. Yeah, he protects. Yeah, I'm hearing testimonies. But will he do it for me? Is he that good to me? Or am I worthy of his goodness? That's a problem, right? Yeah, 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 God can destroy giants. God can destroy giants, but will it do it for me? Am I that good enough? Am I that worthy enough for God to just give me the promised land in a platter? You know, what, what fear is doing is, why there is fear is because we disqualify ourselves from the love of God. why are we talking about heart healing why are we talking about I am not people don't understand the seriousness seriousness of these things when you keep believing I am not good enough I am not good enough I am not good enough and when a crisis hits you don't have faith you don't have faith to believe you know as concepts you agree to certain doctrines yeah God is for life. Your resurrection life is good. Oh, I believe in that. But I have known and believed. I've known. That is a very intimate, deep, experiential knowing. That's where the all the I am nots are there. We have known and believed the love that God has for us deep within we are disqualifying ourselves oh I have failed here I have failed there I have failed there so we have those condemning voices and we we are managing those things let me tell you something you can not manage fear fear guilt and shame you cannot be managing those things and expect it to go away you have to deal with it you have to deal with it how to deal with it that's why we are repeatedly saying doing church the normal way doesn't work because people just come sit Sing, do action songs, and keep going. Give a picture as if everything is fine. But when you sit and talk to them personally, my goodness, the stuff that they deeply, deeply believe about themselves is crazy. People who are on stage, off stage, everywhere. It's crazy what people believe in their heart. But we cannot say that in a Sunday service setting. We need relationships. We need safe places where we can open up and say, this is what's going on. And and whether, when that community starts speaking into your life and breaking those strongholds. And you start believing things, what God believes about you fundamentally at the core of your being. That's how faith is built. And then when crisis hits, when a challenge comes, your first response is like, who the heck is this guy to challenge me? There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear, all these things, fear, guilt and shame, these are all, you know, twins, they come together. Fear, guilt and shame involves torment. These things torment you on the inside. and You don't even tell to anyone, you don't even ask for help. You keep managing, you keep putting out a solid front and boom, crisis hits and you don't have anything built inside to resist it. No, 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 no. We have to kill these things at its root. How do we do that? how do we do that there itself is a solution right perfect love casts out fear but he who fears has not been made perfect in love so any area you are having fear any area you are having guilt any area you are having shame it is that area you have not received the love of god That area, you haven't a uh, love God to love you in that area. Yes, God wants to love you. Right? We we know what words we have been meditating the whole year, John 17, 21. Right, the love that with with which you have loved me, it's in them. I have declared your name to them, I have made you known to them, and I'll continue to make you known to them so that they will experience the same love that you have for me so that's Trinity's only goal that you and I would experience the same love that the father has for Jesus in all nitty gritty areas of our lives in all nooks and corners of our heart the father wants us to experience the same love that he has for Jesus in those areas. And when we open up all those shameful guilt, fear-tormented areas, and allowing the Father to love us into those spaces, and he roots out those lies of, I am not good enough, I am not this. When he roots it out and replaces it with his I am, then perfect love casts out fear. There is no fear in love. Isaiah 54. Let's read from verse 13. All your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. Come on, declare it. All my children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be their shalom. Great shall be their peace. Great shall be their prosperity. Great shall be their wholeness because they shall be taught By the Lord. Look at verse 14. In righteousness you shall be established. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression. I told you from Acts 10 38 that sickness is an oppression of the devil. You shall be far from oppression. For okay, this is F A R. Far, far from oppression. For you shall not fear. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression. For you shall not fear. That what is the reverse? When you're not established in righteousness, meaning when you don't believe that daddy loves you so much, just as much as he loves Jesus. That's what being established in righteousness simply means. That Jesus became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God. That where we believe that the father loves us as much as he loves Jesus. Jesus. That's what being righteous means. As he is, so are we in this world. Jesus is righteousness. I am made of the same fabric. I have been recreated as the righteousness of God. No matter what I have where I have failed, what I have done, Jesus has become my sin so that I may become righteousness. When you're established in such a love, you shall be far from oppression for you shall not fear. See, when you are not established in righteousness, you can never say no to fear. Because you will be constantly disqualifying yourself. When you are not established in righteousness, enemy can use anything against you. What you have done, of course we are not perfect people, so he will have a lot of records. To bring against you. And say see. See this is who you are. This is who you are. This is who you are. And when you are not established in righteousness. <laughs> fear comes. in. And when fear comes. Along with fear comes oppression. And from terror. So fear comes. Because it involves tor- torment right. So f- along with fear comes oppression. Along with fear comes terror. Along with fear comes every nonsense. But. When you are established in righteousness, you shall not fear. And when you do not fear, you shall be far from oppression. Terror shall not come near you. It shall not come near you. Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. The end of this is, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you shall be condemned. So all these promises hangs in this one thing called in righteousness, you shall be established. When you're established in the love that the father has for you, that is to be established in the righteousness of God. So when you're established in righteousness, you are far from fear. And when you see people assembling, when you see weapons being formed, it shall not bring fear. When he saw Goliath, David did not fear. When Joshua and Caleb saw the giants, he did not fear. Why? They were established. They were established. Their hearts were already established. The Lord delights in us. That's all it takes. David means beloved. He knew that he is the beloved of God. He knew daddy loves him so much. See, in Psalms 51, you know, it's a very famous psalm where David is confessing his sin after he sinned with Bathsheba. He sinned against Bathsheba. He sinned against Uriah, her husband. He sinned against his commander. right? So many things he did. Planned murder. Right? Look his confession. Verse 4. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. He is not saying, I have sinned against Bathsheba. I have sinned against Uraya. He calls it spade a spade. God, I have sinned against you. And you only have I sinned against. Yes. So you have to forgive me and you have to call me clean. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take away your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. It's really crazy, right? How much confidence he has in God's forgiveness. He says, against you have sinned. You clean, you cleanse me and you call me clean. The moment you call me clean, I will go and correct transgressors. That's how much that deals with the guilty conscience. Then you call me clean. So this whole guilt and shame and everything, you bring it to God. If you have failed, tell God you have failed. And say, Lord, I failed. And I want you to judge me. And he judges you. And he says, yes, you failed. But Jesus took all those things. He absorbed everything into him. He became sin so that you can become the righteousness of God. And I judge you to be that righteousness of God. And when you listen to that, it brings confidence. It brings confidence. No matter where you have failed, what you have done, you can stand up and put the enemy in his place and say, no, you don't have authority to come into my life. You don't have authority to come in any form into my family. Are you guys following what I'm saying? See how John was able to write about these things, perfect love, casts out fear and all these things. because he was a guy who believed in the love that Jesus had for him. Yes, and he is the only guy who went to the cross. right? Along with Peter, John was following. but when Peter stopped outside the courtrooms, John went inside. John kept following in all the stages, all the way to the cross. He was the only guy out of the 12, out of the entire crowds that followed Jesus. Only one guy who came and stood at the cross because he did not have any fear because he believed. He kept saying, I am the beloved of Jesus. I am the beloved disciple. He personalized He personalized the love. Jesus loved everyone, but he personalized that love for him. We know God loves everyone. But do you believe God loves you? That you are his favorite? You are his beloved? So when you personalize his love for you, my goodness, you don't even fear anything. You don't even fear anything. And guess what? They were not able to kill John. When you don't fear death, death has got no power over you. I told you, for something to have power over you, you need to have fear of it. And you can never bring down something that you're afraid of. That's why Saul was not able to bring down Goliath. That's why... Israelites were not able to bring down the giants in Canaan because they were afraid of them. And Joshua and Caleb, they were not afraid because love has perfected. They were not able to kill John because he was not afraid of death. Why? Perfect love cast out death. Cast out the fear. Hebrews chapter 2. Inasmuch, verse 14, inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Did you just listen to that? Fear of death leads you to a lifetime of bondage. Fear of death leads you to a lifetime of bondage. You will know what I'm talking about. Everything in your life, fear will dictate. Every decision that you take will be dictated by fear. You will be subjected to bondage for a lifetime. Because of the fear of death, but Jesus became flesh and blood, so that through his death he might destroy him who had the power of death. Malrahal kurabanda lebrin na malku duremel ba nahushil ambrianto na kirklo drubahta. Ragalka da labando ribile diremene shirabala hada nahalo huri bile kini antonomoko. Rabal kududibilemente, rabul fanahalkia, shil kerbede, labrahanto, labrahata, le remind the manunemelke dinimambrianto naman kale be Yes. Let the spirit of fear be broken in your life as you take part in this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let every oppression leave. That every tormenting spirit leave i speak ease to the disease to mind mar kalaurable binemendo roman da romantic leberkatal barkadana mashete lebrondini mene helbidine manahati yakadama shite declare god's perfect love to fill the nook and corners of your heart Every lie be uprooted and be replaced by the truth of who you are. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression for you shall not fear and terror shall not come near you. Indeed they shall assemble but not because of me. Weapons formed against you shall not press prosper no weapon formed against you shall prosper why because we believe that we are the favorite of the lord we judge you to be that good we judge you to be that faithful to me to my household to my family to my community we judge you faithful like that yes 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 In Jesus name. Amen. 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 God bless you. We've been having a seven days of prayer. And today will be the last day. Uh, Join this evening. Seven to nine. We'll be having a time of prayer. And um, teaching. A lot of things. Right. So that you can be established. Into the message of life. Yeah. So. God bless you. And thank you for your generosity. You know. Fear makes us stingy. Fear makes our hands like this. But when you're operating by faith, when you're perfected in love, your hands are always like that. And you never run out. You never run out. Yes, I can tell you that we never run out of provision. Yes. So just expose your heart. To His love, just expose your heart to His goodness and see God's goodness come through you, uh, come through for you every time you are in need. God bless you. Thank you so much. See you also.